This podcast is also brought to you by Bears Bull Brew. Now, if you're like my girlfriend and you love yourself some coffee, check out Bears Bull Brew for some of the most redonkulous roasts on the market today. They got the Brazilian Grizzly Medium Roast. Mmm. The Papua Bear Blonde Roast. Looks pretty good to me. Peruvian Claw Dark Roast. Ooh, I papi. Rwanda Honey Medium Roast. And that's just some of them. That ain't even all of them. So if you want yourself some of the finest coffee you can get, hit up bearsbrew.cells.com that's bearsbrew.cells.com and get yourself some fresh ass coffee sweet and easy on your stomach not gonna give you that weird feeling you get sometimes when you drink that crappy coffee that most people be sipping on no 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 go for the high life get the best made out of rock hill south carolina come on and raise up that's north carolina but you know the drill bears brew coffee get some now you're welcome is going on everybody welcome to another episode of not rocket science we are on episode 51 and i don't know if you can hear it but there is a police car on my block right now right as i kick the show off perfect timing whatever how's it going hope you guys are doing well i am doing all right We finally made it, New York City. 75 degrees outside today. How about that? First, it's that first spring day of the year. People are wearing, you know, t-shirts outside, shorts, doing the whole thing. It's going back to the 50s, I think, tomorrow. But whatever. Let us enjoy it for one day. But to me, this is a signal that winter-ish weather might be finally over. Thank freaking Lord. On top of that, I just ate a bunch of bullshit before I came on here. I ate coconut cake and caramel popcorn like a six-year-old trying to get diabetes. Um, So I feel kind of weird right now. I feel kind of like really energetic, but my body feels out of whack. Um, So yeah, if this podcast goes down the drain real quick, that's why. Uh, I don't know why. I'm I'm a, you know, as people with a sugar tooth, I have a sugar mouth on me. Like, I have no self-control around sweets. And my girlfriend, whenever my girlfriend goes home to her house over the weekend, she always comes back and her mom gives me all kinds of sugary crap that I just absorb. Like a garbage chute because I have no self-control around sugar. And yeah. So that's what I've been up to, not eating healthy at all. And, like, I got, like, weird 
nerve sweats or something going on right now. Like my body heat feels weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mess. Whatever. We will get through it. Um, I don't want to ramble on too much longer. I don't know if I'm going to have Brittany on today or not. Um, she's not here right now, so, and I don't really have any, like, current events lined up, but if she gets here by the time this thing wraps, maybe we'll have her on. If not, we'll have her back on next week, because I like mixing it up, so you guys don't have to just hear my ass blabbling for half hour, hour, whatever this podcast is. I do think last week's episode went a little long. I don't like podcasts that go over an hour i really don't even want them to go over 45 minutes so that being said i'll try to make them more brief maybe a little more to the point but that was the first time mixing it up so whatever we just iterate get better you know the drill but that being said i'm gonna jump right into it today so today i had an idea for a podcast um it's basically the concept is breaking down going viral and kind of just talk about something out there that's viral and kind of build a case study around it. So I wanted to talk about the Lil Nas X song Old Town Road because, you know, I've done music production a long time. I've been in this kind of like social media digital marketing thing for a little bit. Um, I've done, you know, Instagram hustle. I've done SoundCloud hustling back in the day when I was really into my SoundCloud and yada, yada, yada. So I know a little bit about all the dynamics that went into that song blowing up. And uh, it's a really interesting kind of like tangled web to pick apart. And I'm not doing it as this like guru like this is how you go viral kind of case study or like apply this to your business. Be like Lil Nas X. Like that shit is gross. Um, I would never do that. And part of going viral, like part of the fun in it is it's it's totally unexpected usually. However, maybe not with this one, and I'll get to why. But uh, I really thought the more I researched this song, and it's blown the fuck up. It's been out for a while now. Like I knew about I'm a big Red Dead Redemption fan, so I saw the video. Um, I forget where. It might have been Twitter or Instagram or something a little while back. But... I didn't really know the backstory till fairly recently, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And um, I think it there's some components about it that make it unique compared to other viral songs or videos like uh, Bauer, Harlem Shake, or Friday, Rebecca Black. Um, those were a little more spontaneous or viral for a very obvious reason, whereas this one... It's a little bit more complicated, a little bit more difficult, so I kind of want to like deep dive into it. Um, I guess I should play the damn song. If you don't know what this is, basically this is probably the biggest song out right now on the internet for sure. And it's basically a trap slash country song. And uh, they just did a remix for it with Billy Ray Cyrus, Miley Cyrus' dad. Don't break my heart, my achy breaky heart, that dude. And it's just blown up to this, like, mega pop cultural status. So let me just break this out here real quick. Um, I guess I'll just play it off my phone. Here we go. This is the song we'll be discussing on the podcast. (laughs) 
quality's kind of shitty, but you get the drill. So that's the song, catchy as hell, kind of silly in a way, but kind of interesting because it melds two worlds that there's been moments of it. Um, I know Nelly and Tim McGraw did a song way back in the day that got like a kind of a blast from a past resurgence recently because of that song. Um, and now like country and rap as a genre is reblowing up again, even though there's been um some versions of that like even Lil Nas X said uh I think uh what's his name Young Thug I think he did some country rap and I think Lil Nas X even shouted him out as like an influence um and then there's like a whole scene I remember like Nappy Roots back in the day like hell nah y'all been up and running oh no hell no that song um that's like way back in the day it's like 2001 they they were kind of like a rap country-ish kind of group but uh, nothing this pronounced country-wise. Like, this is some, like, my dog died, now I'm drinking whiskey type shit. Um, and the Red Dead Redemption uh, background video, when it came out, kind of, like, added to it. But, alright, so let's break this down here. So, there's a bunch of components on why this thing is so big. First of all, it's just a catchy-as-hell song, period. Like... They had that. The beat's kind of good. You know, the drums are kind of generic trap 808 drums, but it works. It works. It gives it that trap feel, that vibe. The 808s are compressed pretty well. It's thumping, whatever. Um, It's funny. The producer's actually uh, from Holland, I believe. I think he's Dutch. And he sold the beat to Lil Nas X, and he didn't even know he sold it till like, months later. Because when you get the payment for the beat, it's anonymous. Unless you want to make your name known. The beat, the, the transaction and receipts are, like, the name's anonymous. So he didn't even know he sold it till after the video, the song blew up, which is pretty freaking crazy. Interesting way to know you produced the number one single. Um, 
anyway, there's some other things. Here's a fun story. So that banjo sample that's kind of like haunted sounding, to me that's what kind of half makes the song. It's what makes the beat. And that is a sample from a Nine Inch Nails song called 34 Ghost 4 came out in 2008 and what's funny about it is I remember years ago listening to that song and I'm like I should make a beat out of this because it was so catchy and the pace the tempo of it the notes of that banjo they're like stabs which is perfect for, for hip hop and I actually chopped that song up and made it into a sample and I think I even made a beat off of that sample in a very similar way that this beat was made I just didn't do anything with it so ladies and gentlemen act act on your ideas don't be like me when I was like 25 or whatever or 24 and just make beats and throw them away because uh I literally chopped up that exact same song because I was like I knew this sounded familiar and I actually made a beat. I, I still have the sample pack. I don't have the beat. It was on my old laptop, but I put all my sample packs on the cloud. And uh, I don't think I put the beat on the cloud. So I still have on my Google Drive, really. So I have that sound pack still, but I don't have the beat anymore. And, you know, I got beat to the punch at this point. And I didn't have the vision you needed the vision for that song to go viral. But I remember that Nine Inch Nails sample. It stuck out to me like a sore thumb. And it's because I fucking sampled it already, for Christ's sake. But, uh, yeah, so from a personal level, that's that's my interesting tidbit about this song. Is I actually made a beat with the same sample. And uh, the other thing is, when I was thinking about it, hearing this song, I was like, this reminds me of something else. And uh, I thought about it for a while, and I realized... The song doesn't sound like it, but the chord progression is very similar to an old Linkin Park single called Somewhere I Belong off their Meteora, Meteora album. And it's one of these really subtle things, but if you listen to the chord progressions, the it's the same kind of chord progression. It's a little different. It's like a variation, but the first two chords, I think, are the same. And the feel is very much the same. The tempo, the pacing. It's a little slower on Old Town Road, but it's funny. Like, sometimes there's songs that remind you of other songs, but they're totally different genres, totally different instruments, totally different everything. And it's usually because of the chord progression. Like, if you turn both songs into sheet music, they would look more similar than how they actually sound. And that's where the parallel is. But that's a good thing because... You know, that Linkin Park song was a huge single at the time, so it's already borrowing a progression that's already worked as a hit single. So it's using a hit single chord progression already. It's using a sample that's really cool, and on a personal level, I thought was very catchy, which is why I sampled it. And it works for the country theme. And then, and then he, you know, the way he broke down the lyrics and everything, it just works. The guy has a nice flow. His voice is kind of funny because he's doing kind of like a cowboy voice. Like I think I've heard some of his other songs, and he's his voice is deeper on this than his other songs. So he's doing the cowboy swagger, but it's like kind of legit. You know what I mean? It's not like a a, a mockery of like cowboy shit. Like it, he's kind of owning it. So the whole thing kind of works. The the you know like that's catchy as hell. And there's not too much to break down there. It's just a catchy line. 
and a catchy melody. Um, you know, the dude has, has some talent there for real. He's not just like one of these like uh, shitty internet singers that goes viral because it sucks so bad. Like he knows what he's doing a little bit on the music side for sure. And the other aspect that's funny is he knows what the, he's doing on the marketing side. So I was listening actually today to this business uh, live stream on YouTube from this marketing guy called Miles Beckler, who I, I love reading his stuff. Uh, he has one. If you want to get into digital marketing and learn more about it, he has the best YouTube channel on digital marketing, in my opinion, hands down, because he's so hands on with what his uh topics are and if he's trying to teach you a tool like he does everything he talks about facebook ads he does all of it he makes video series with facebook ads how to set it up and everything really good resource his content is free and a lot of it is at the quality where other marketing guys would make you pay so i always follow his stuff and he had a live stream today and it's something that i always knew but he broke it down really well where he said basically when it comes to like marketing, you're always doing everything to two audiences. One audience is the people in your demographic, so it's like your actual audience of people, and the other audience is the algorithm. And you and like the whole key to digital marketing in a nutshell is finding this right balance where you're catering to both and you're not leaning too far to one and not the other. Cuz you have great content, but if it doesn't um feed the algorithm correctly, no one's going to know about it. And if you have content that's perfect for the algorithm, it's going to come across awkward and weird and shitty when people actually try to consume it and it's going to turn them off. So it's about finding that balance. And here's the thing with this, how this ties to the old, old Town Road song. The dude who made it, Lil Nas X, he reinvented himself, but this dude was a tweet decker for years. And that's basically the Twitter equivalent of what I've talked about about Instagram on this podcast where he was in engagement, heavy, 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 heavy engagement groups. And he was scraping viral content from smaller accounts and reposting it and getting tons and tons of hits. Like the dude, it's kind of sleazy, but he kind of mastered Twitter and had a huge Twitter network of big accounts. And they would all like post shit and shout out each other. And he was going viral on, on Twitter. And eventually Twitter shut down his account because he was basically stealing content from smaller accounts but i mean he's a young dude you know he's, he's just trying to get a name for himself um but he got some savviness when it comes to like understanding social media virality and essentially everything he was doing on twitter i mean it panned out with this song because what he did he kind of like life hacked this song in a way because he promoted it initially on SoundCloud. Like, the song blew up on SoundCloud, and that's what kind of started its um, ascension to becoming a number one single. And what he did differently is, he, it was like a rap song, obviously, but he labeled it as a country song, which is kind of funny, because Billboard eventually blocked it as a country song on the charts for some reason that they can't define very well. That's a whole other thing. Um, he tagged it on SoundCloud as a country song and not a rap song because he knew there was way less competition um, to get on the country charts on SoundCloud because SoundCloud is really a platform for 
like hip hop and electronic music. It's like more of that scene. Um, cause, cause remix producers and people like that and people who make type beats and things like that, they use SoundCloud as their platform. SoundCloud got big off of hip hop and electronic music producers, not country producers and not rock producers. So he was smart. He just knew there'd be less competition. It worked out because it's also weird for a country song to have like a trap beat to it. So, and it's catchy as fuck again. You know, it's catchy as fuck. That's ingredient number one. It has to be catchy as fuck. So it blew up on the country's charts in SoundCloud, so it got much more visibility. And then it became a meme on on TikTok because, you know, he was on Twitter for so long. He understood how to use TikTok, and it blew up on TikTok. And not only that, but before he ever recorded it, the timing was right. Because when it comes to, like, hip-hop culture and stuff, the whole cowboy thing had been blowing up for a minute since that little Walmart kid last year or whenever it was came up, uh, you know, blew up, got viral by yodeling in a fucking Walmart. That kind of set off cowboyism, I guess, in uh, pop culture. And then you're seeing cowboy apparel and major fashion shows all of a sudden. You know, everyone's using the cowboy emoji... Uh, oh, by the way, his Twitter handle back in the day was uh, Nas Mirage. So it was a big Twitter account called Nas Mirage. But anyway, cowboy apparel in pop culture and in hip-hop culture was blowing up. Um, there's even a term for, for it called uh, Yeehaw Agenda, which was based off somebody tweeting about a uh, Sierra photo shoot. Or she was wearing cowboy shit, um, someone named Bree Melandro. And that tweet blew up and then kind of coined the term, this whole yeehaw agenda craze. So all of that was happening already. And then he came out with this thing and just took it to the next level. And, you know, he he pushed that whole scene forward. But but it was like pop culture wise, the stage was set for a country trap song to kind of like go to the top. And he was the right person that did it. He knew social media. He knew TikTok. And it got to the point where it was so viral that, um, you know, the only place, there was no actual album because he wasn't signing anything. He just blew up on the internet. It reminds me a lot of uh, Soldier Boy back in the day with the, you know, Superman, that hoe, which also blew up. And it was like this really shitty song. Like, if you find the original Soldier Boy um, Superman video, like, it's all clipping and, like, distorted and sounds like shit. And the song's obviously not even mastered. But I remember hip hop DJs were still playing it on radio stations and it was like the first time i ever heard an unmastered totally shitty production wise song make it to uh major radio and that ended up being xxx uh his whole thing was he never like mastered any of his songs and it was all clipping and distorted and he put it out but anyway this song is similar in the sense that the actual mix of it was way better but there was no actual uh recording of it like professional recording from a label or anything so djs were uh, ripping the audio off youtube to play it and that's how it built its buzz on the radio it was actually a bunch of like youtube audio rips so uh goes to show you how the internet is dominating shit these days and traditional radio is fucking out but um regardless of that the point is you had all these things kind of working you had pop culture 
with this whole cowboy crazy high agenda shit going off in one lane. The other lane, you had this dude who was already a social media wizard, um, had a big Instagram account. He also ran, I think, like a Nicki Minaj fan site. That's what people were saying. Like, he was like a big Nicki Minaj fan. But anyway, you know, he knew Twitter. He knew SoundCloud. Tricked SoundCloud's algorithm to get to the charts faster and get higher visibility. He knew TikTok. He knew how to leverage TikTok to blow the song up and got other people to use TikTok and create TikTok memes out of his song. Um, Threw it on with the old uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, Cinescapes and everything, which was a cool way to create a music video for free, basically. You know, leverage, like, the best Western video game ever. Um, And then the song itself, you know, he was using a sample of... A song that's interesting, kind of dark, kind of depressing, but catchy at the same time. Something that has a chord progression that's already been validated as far as hit singles go with Linkin Park. Um, Something I've already sampled. And uh, had a really good song. Had a cool verse. Had a hook. It's catchy. I don't really like the Billy Ray Cyrus version, to be honest. It sounds cheesy with him and some 50-year-old dude, white as fuck on there, trying to, like, be cool and hip again. No, 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 it doesn't work. does not work. Remix sucks, but the original is pretty freaking fire, and it's all of these components playing together. The timing has to do with it. The production has to do with it. I mean, he found that beat on that Norwe- uh, Norwegian, Jesus Christ, uh, Dutch dude's website, Knew that that's what he needed, bought it, put it together, and there you have it. But the thing that's interesting to me is I wonder if that song would be the same level of a hit single if he tagged it initially on SoundCloud as a rap song instead of a country song. I'm willing to bet no. Because SoundCloud is was the original source of that thing blowing up before it got on memes and TikTok and whatever. It blew up on SoundCloud. Same way, you know, XXX blew up on SoundCloud. Same way Chance the Rapper sort of blew up. He didn't, eh, that's debatable, actually. I'm not going to say Chance blew up on SoundCloud. He, he had a big mixtape independent of SoundCloud as well. But there's all these SoundCloud rappers now. And... Uh, if he didn't do that hack, I seriously wonder, would the song go viral or would it get lost in the massive, massive, massive wave of rap songs that are on SoundCloud? That is a huge, 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 huge pool of content that you got to stand out in. And the song is unique enough, but sometimes unique doesn't matter. There's tons of unique content that I see on Instagram all the time that gets no love. Sometimes it's my own. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of good, 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 like, quality content out there on Instagram, let's say. And there's a lot of crappy content that gets way more, way more likes, gets on the Explore page way more often. So it's just tough. It's a tough game to play. So when he did that trick... And tagged it as country you know he just jumped to the front of the pack and that's some savvy shit that like 
A rookie, I don't think, is even going to know to do that. A rookie might do it by accident. You know, someone that's not savvy about how these social media algorithms work, you know, they might they might think of the song more as a country song, and they're like, all right, I'm going to tag it as country, and they get lucky, and they do the same shit. But this dude, based on his history, was super strategic about it. And uh, he knows the internet, man. If you go to his SoundCloud now, if you go to Lil Nas X SoundCloud right now, his bio is Old Town Road is not my only song. <laughs> Check these out. Like, he's direct with it. Um, so I really appreciate this dude's hustle. I mean, some people might not like him because, you know, when he was on Twitter, he was scraping content or whatever. But, you know, he's a young dude trying to go viral. Everyone's trying to go viral these days. Everyone copycats everyone else for the most part. I'm not going to get on anyone for that. Um, but just how calculated all these moves were that set up the stage for, for this song to blow, it's plus the song being good itself and all the production aspects and elements kind of blo- binding together just just on the song side, not even on the uh, digital hustle side or the cultural landscape side of things. Just the song itself was really well put together, calculated, and then the way it was hustled to the top of the charts is really interesting. It's also really interesting is that Billboard saying it's not a country song. Um, it got really controversial when it came out. He he would have the number one country song in the world right now. And I'm pretty sure it would be the first ever number one rap song, number one pop single, and like number one country song or something like that. I think I read that. But it's not technically a country song anymore because Billboard said that it doesn't have enough. I want to get the exact quote. Hold on. Hold on one second. Yeah, like Billboard took it down and gave some bullshit reason it's the number one on hot 100 and it was the number one rap song and it would have been the number one country song but uh billboard removed it because uh, this is their explanation determining which chart a song lives on is an ongoing process that depends on a number of factors most notably the song's musical composition but also how the song is marketed promoted the musical history of the artist airplay the song receives and how the song is platformed on streaming services billboard welcomes the excitement created by genre bending tracks such as old Lil Nas's old town road and will continue to monitor how it's marketed and how fans respond our initial decision to remove old town road from the hot country songs chart could be revisited as these factors evolve all right so that is them backtracking um after they initially said that oh okay because initially they said not it wasn't embracing enough elements of today's country music in its current version what the fuck does that mean what does that mean what is country's current version if you can't spell out a criteria and the exact elements you're just talking nonsense and you don't know anything this is the current version like just like people in general music genres are bending twisting and interplaying with each other more than ever there's gonna be way 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 more country trap songs now how are you gonna say it's not country what if the dude who makes the next big country trap song you know lives in the country in i don't know wyoming somewhere has the internet likes rap likes country and creates a big country song. It'll be country as fuck. 
Like I don't I don't know what's not embracing country elements in that song. And they never point that out. Therefore they're just, you know, probably full of shit. They probably had a lot of country labels bickering and complaining and calling to them and telling them to take it down and they caved in because they, you know, are a corporation and usually can be bought or can be, you know, tr- they get afraid of risk. Every major corporation's afraid of risk. So they felt it was kind of risky and they took it down and were probably too dumb to realize that the blowback would be so bad because it's kind of racist. You know, that that schism runs thick and people don't even know it. But when corporations make collective decisions sometimes, it's that it's that back of the mind schism, that undercurrent of schism that's subconscious and it comes out and it makes you look like an asshole as a corporation. And that's what happened to Billboard. That's what happened to Billboard at the end of the day. So on top of all of these other components making the song go viral, Billboard's dumbass helped the song even more by taking it off the country charts. Because I learned about it. Like, I knew about this song back when it first kind of blew up, maybe back in, like, January. I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. I saw it. I forgot about it. And then when this Billboard thing happened, I was like, oh, that song. Wow, that's, like, top of the charts now? And they took it down? Why did they take it down? Oh, they have no good reason and they're just full of shit? Oh, this song's going to really blow up now. And then it did. And now it's bigger than ever. And, uh, yeah, congratulations, Lil Nas X, man. You, you gamed the system multiple times and won. So I am not, this stuff like that makes me genuinely happy and fascinated because it is an extremely interesting case study on pop culture, in my opinion. Sorry if I'm talking weird. I'm having all kinds of weird shit going on with all this sugar in me right now. Um, But yeah, so when it comes to why the song is viral, it starts with the song itself. Interesting idea, interesting concept, catchy beat, catchy sample in the beat that fits the context of the song, and then clever marketing on SoundCloud from a distribution standpoint. Song jumped the charts, kind of skipped the line because of how it was tagged in the algorithm as country, but it wasn't. he wasn't lying about it. Sounds country as hell. And then was able to use other social media channels, particularly TikTok, to build it up in meme culture. Got bigger, got bigger, got bigger. Got started charting on hip-hop charts. Started charting on the country charts. Right place, right time. Cowboy culture's in full effect here anyway. Has been since Walmart Kid. And uh, blew up. And then Billboard had a PR fumble and that blew it up even more and here we are now with Billy Ray Cyrus talking about Fendi sports bras god damn it why does every good thing have to get ruined by middle aged white dudes trying to cling on just trying to trying to leech onto anything and I'm not trying to leech onto the song by doing this podcast mind you or maybe I am maybe I'm full of shit and I am I just thought all this was super interesting and it was a 
kind of like a unique case study. I usually don't like to focus podcasts on one thing. Maybe I'm an asshole for doing that and putting it in the title and trying to, you know, get more downloads or whatever by uh, talking about this thing. But it's something that this entire week I've kind of been thinking about because I've since the remix came out and everything with fucking Billy Ray Cyrus, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, man, I'm talking so fast right now. I sound like a coke addict. It's sugar, I promise. But it's just something the more I listened to it and more I studied it, the more I realized it was like an interesting uh, potential dissection when it comes to pop culture, digital hustling, and uh, music production, which is the thing I probably like the most out of all three. I like all three, but music production, I've been doing that shit since I was like 18 years old. So it seemed appropriate to do an episode about. I hope you guys got something out of this other than me trying to jump on a pop culture craze, I guess, whatever. Um, and there's some value there. You know, sometimes I like to just break these things down just so you can see all the elements at play and how this thing works. Um, if you want me to do more of these, let us know. Not rocket science show at gmail.com or on the gram at NRS underscore show or the tweeter at NRS underscore show. Um, let us know. I don't know. I don't think I've done an episode yet where I just talk about one thing all the way through, but I wanted to go deep with this thing. Uh, not like in a Wikipedia article kind of way, but just, you know, share the personal connection I have to it over the fact that I made a beat with the same sample way back in the day without realizing it till recently. And then also just, you know, how this kid is a freaking digital hustler on top of a, being a pretty good artist. You know, having some good creative ideas, but this dude is a seasoned digital hustler, and I think that digital hustleness of him... Um, really helped propel this thing to the top. And I think you're going to see more and more of this, more kids like him blowing up, knowing pop culture better than the companies do, and, uh, you know, jumping the line. So that's what I got today, guys. I'm going to make an Instagram post about this too, so watch out for that. And I got some other cool shenanigans coming up. Um, definitely going to have Brittany back next week to do more pop culture events current events or q a we'll see depends on many questions you guys want to ask ask questions on twitter nrs underscore show instagram same handle or email email i mentioned before not rocket science show at gmail and that's about it it's about it so hope you guys have a great week and i will see you next time here on not rocket science have a good one Peace.